Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Outstanding guests today. Kmart is here. Dan Orlovsky is here. Mark Cuban will be in our studio a little over an hour from now. Week four kicks off with a big one tonight. Blockbuster trade in the NBA, and I just made a complete fool of myself on national TV. All that and a whole lot more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, the one place to start is with week four of the NFL season, which kicks off tonight. We'll have plenty of reaction to the Damian Lillard trade as we continue a little today. But my friends Dan Orlovsky and Kmart, good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up. And so we will start there and start with the football, and we'll dive into all of that just about five minutes ago in actual time, Dan. I, I struggled to smash a helmet with a mallet, and you suggested that it was... It, was, it sort of was a weakness on my part, and I think we could dive into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, candidly, the consistent placement of the mallet on yeah. the helmet was relatively impressive. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it took, I think, eight or nine actual hits of the mallet to the helmet yeah. to crack when Kimberly did it in one, yeah. and I actually picked one up and bent it in half yeah. with my hands, yeah. I think is a little concerning. Not a great moment on my part. Yeah. I'm with you on that. You Listen. can't complain on the golf course that you're not hitting it far enough when you can't even... Mm smash a helmet with a hammer. Listen, listen. If this is a scouting report, this is a prospect that I think has tremendous upside. Right now, he may not be ready for the big stage, this big moment of uh, smashing helmets, but I think in time, he's going to do the curls for the girls, and um, he's going to be ready. Here's the problem, is if Damian Woody, who usually Oof. smashes the helmets, yeah. tears his Achilles four plays into the yeah. season, then I'm going to get thrown you out the there Zach before Wilson I'm ready. of our smashing helmets And that's crew. the problem, and that yeah. is a perfect segue. So, Dan, I really enjoyed your perspective on the Zach Wilson thing. So let's start there and then work our way through to some of the other stuff. Um, there are many people who are watching this and saying, just get him off the field. You're saying, just get the handcuffs off the kid. Yeah, stop babying him. Stop getting him to the mindset of just make sure I protect the football and let our defense try to win the football game for us. Because the butterfly effect of that is this. Number one, he doesn't make the right choice. There are no instinctual reactions when playing the position. He is just trying to get the ball out of his hands and making sure it doesn't go to the other team. And then two, the defense never in New York gets to dictate flow. They never get a seven or a ten-point lead, and then the other offense has to throw it a little bit more because they have to get back into the football game. And so that pass rush that is super vaunted never gets to actually rush the passer. If you watch other offenses against the Jets' defense – All they're doing is catch and throw, catch and throw, because they believe the other team cannot score because they're not trying to. At some point, the Jets have to realize they've tried it that way. Yeah. For a couple weeks, they've tried it that way, and it hasn't gone their way. I'm not saying that they say, Zach, go out there and do whatever you want, and let's just turn this into recess. No. What I'm saying is they have to empower him. Last week, post-game, he's got a... Interview with Bob O'Shusen is the voice of the Jets, and he uses the words, 
my job is to protect the football and try to make a play on third down. Mm -hmm. There is no way that you could play quarterback in the NFL at that position in that mindset well. They got to stop babying him and they got to start just thinking, we're going to call plays and you see it, trust it and rip it. And if it ends up being an interception, our defense has got to bail us out. And that's the only way that they could try to play with some type of dictating to the other team how the game flow is going to go. And, and, and the other thing that that would accomplish, and in this case, particularly with the opponent this week, I agree with you, is let them at least really find out once and for all if he can do it or not. If he absolutely can't do it, then you have to recognize that, that, that you move forward. This, the things you can accomplish this season changed substantially right. when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You were thinking about winning a Super Bowl. Realistically, that's definitely not on the list of options anymore. So we'll go forward from there. Let's get to tonight's game, Kmart. We got mm-hmm. Green Bay hosting Detroit in a really important game in the NFC North. And, and I thought you made a good point when you brought this up on the TV show today. To, to quote our, our beloved old friend, the late, great Danny Green, you know, are the Lions well, yeah. who we thought they were? Yeah, because think about how the Lions finished the season last year. Um, Week 18, quote-unquote, nothing to play for, and they still beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And we wondered, okay, can they use that as a jumping-off point? Can they be the same team? And after going through the draft, Jameer Gibbs, they, uh, they upgraded this roster. Um, Jameson William, uh, uh, we're excited to see him. Obviously, he's not, he's not playing right now. But this is a team that, despite not having Jameson, Goff has looked great. Um, and I think this is their division. Aaron Rodgers is no longer here. This was supposed to be the moment that the, the Lions said, we are not the same old Lions. Um, we can win the NFC North. And we've been talking a lot about the Packers and Jordan Love. who seen, The Packers seem to have found their new quarterback um, and have answered all the doubts about Jordan Love in three games. So I'm excited to see the Lions. This is definitely a state. They need to make a statement tonight. Yeah, this is the moment for the Lions. We, all the hype of the offseason and all the expectation, are they actual ch- the team to beat in the division? Can they contend for the NFC Championship? Like, week one was cool. That was great. This is the team that has owned this division for 15 yeah. years. Yeah, more. This yeah. team in Green Bay is beat up yeah. right now. They're playing this game without their starting left tackle, their starting left guard, maybe their starting corner. Like, this is a game that Detroit has to go on the road because of the style that they can play. And it's different than last year because last year was house money, week 18. If you lose, great, and if you win, great. There's, there is no consequence in, the, in, in the, the long run to that win or loss. It's a good win. This is the one that matters. This is the one that you take control of the division and you no longer have to be reliant on so many. You know, that's been a story for the Lions for a while. It's like, we have to rely, well, well we need this team to lose or we need this, this team to, no. This is the game that you take control of the division and you can now kind of determine your own fate going forward. You, got the, you have the lines of scrimmage to do it. You have the weapons on the outside to do it. You're more healthy than they are. They, they got to go win this football game on national TV. Greeny with a Kmart and Dan Orlovsky with me here as we look ahead at the huge divisional matchup tonight. We've got another huge divisional matchup on Sunday that I'm really looking forward to, Miami at Buffalo. And Kmart, I'll give you credit because I, I will admit I disagreed with you when you said mm-hmm. this. But when we were going into week one, the matchup between the Jets and Bills, which felt very different then than it does now, mm-hmm. you were talking a lot about Josh Allen yes. and what was at stake and what a big deal that game was. And, of course, he was terrible. He mm-hmm. turned the ball over four times, and that's – the reason that the Bills wound up losing the game. Since then, he's been sensational. And I feel like this game will determine two things. 
Who's the team to beat now in that division? Like mm-hmm. Miami is flying as high as a team possibly mm-hmm. can. Buffalo can say not so fast. Mm-hmm. And who's got the quarterback in that division? Because I think the winner of this game, if they play great, that quarterback becomes the early leader for MVP. MVP. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The Josh Allen thing, the reason I was, quote, critical of Josh is because I love Josh's talent so much, and I know how good he can be. So when he makes boneheaded mistakes, you're like, dude, you are too good to make that mistake. But I covered them in week two against the Raiders. Um, That felt like a complete game from the Bills. It felt like defense was playing well. Josh was playing well. The running game was there. And And all the questions to Sean McDermott, we're about is this the type of is this the kind of game that you can have? This is what the Bills can be. It's not just solely relying on Josh. And I talked to Sean McDermott, the head coach, after the game, and he said, you know, we got to learn how to win. You know, you got to you got to be humble. Like you can't just because you can you can doesn't mean you should do. And Josh has to understand that he needs to be smarter in those moments. And Josh, to his credit, has not made some of the same mistakes that we saw last year. My only concern with the Bills is, is them, for the rest of the season, walking that fine line of trying to, I don't want to use the word cripple, but kind of curtail what makes Josh Allen so great. And that is a lot, like, listen, that Josh Allen roller coaster, man, that thing is, it's, it's thrilling. It's exhilarating. We love that high. Those lows, though, those <laughs> lows are so low. Yeah. And I think that's what the Bills are trying to, trying to work through. And also... I mentioned this before, Brian Dable not being there in that building, that has had an impact too because him and Dable were like this. Stephon Diggs and Dable were like this. Ken Dorsey having to build that relationship in this role, that is key as well. And I think they're finally getting to a place where it makes sense for everybody. Yeah, I think the Bills have to score 35 to win this game. I think they got to treat the Dolphins like they have the Chiefs over the past couple years in that rivalry. Um to Kimberly's point, what's changed in their offense over the last two weeks is they've become the best play-action pass offense in the NFL. And I think in many ways that calms Josh down a little bit. I think that reins him in by play call and philosophically just a little bit. But if they think that they're going to go into this game, and I got into what Marcus yesterday about this, to just ball control, dink and dunk and run the football against Miami, they cannot win. They, this is a game where it has to be haymaker for haymaker. This is not week one where against the Jets it was, don't give the ball away and we got a good chance to win the game. Like, Josh is going to have to walk that line this week. It's going to have to be some of those, no, 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 oh, yes, plays. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Greeny, Kimberly, like, if one or two of those plays go bad, you this is one of those games where you just kind of have to accept it because five or six or seven of them are going to go in your favor. And that's the only way for Buffalo to beat Miami is they got to try to outscore them. They're not going to out-efficiency them. It's not just Tua versus Josh. It is Mike McDaniel versus Ken Dorsey. And that, that's what I'm excited to see um, because we've seen Miami be this build on what it was last year. And now you've got – what is impressive about Miami too is Jalen Waddle wasn't on the field when they put up 70 points. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that is wild to me. Like, imagine if they were at full strength. Like, that, what Mike McDaniels has been able to do down there, it's impressive. Now, Ken Dorsey also has to raise his level, not just Josh Allen. All right, one more for Orlovsky. I've got Danny and Kimberly here for one more minute on ESPN Radio before I have to let you go. Uh, Bears-Broncos is just an unimaginably terrible <laughs> game. The Broncos gave up 70 points last week. And they are a three and a half point road favorite the following week. It's impossible to believe. 
But I just wanted to get a quick take from you on Justin Fields because he has been a lightning rod when things weren't going this badly. Now they're going unimaginably badly. Has that reached a point where oh, gosh, it's time yes. to give up? I mean, we're oh, just giving up? I mean, give up on the young men. Greeny, they lost 41-7 to last week, and yeah. he was by far the best player on the field for them. Yeah. By far. Justin is not all in that different of a situation than Zach Wilson in New York. He has very little trust, very little confidence that has been taken away from him. Um, I don't think they utilize his skill set nearly the way that they should, and that does fall on coaching. Justin has to play better, sure. Most quarterbacks in the NFL have to play better. This is not going to get better in Chicago. The defense has given up 25, 13 straight games. This is a shockingly disaster in the first month of the season. And I didn't think it was going to get this bad, but it, watching them, you're just looking for a glimmer of hope right now. And if I'm just being honest, the only glimmer of hope is Justin. And that's a terrible spot to be in. Yeah. Considering that right now his numbers at least would suggest he's playing as badly as he has at any point. But I'm with you. In the same way that you can't say Russell Wilson is to blame for what happened to the Broncos last week, Justin Fields is low on the list of problems they have in Chicago. I would say this, and I certainly am learning from it myself. Watching how Green Bay has eased Jordan Love into the NFL after they did it 15 years ago with Aaron, and there's that 18-month span of like, what the heck are you guys doing, Aaron? There's a lot to be said about it in relation to how they look right now, and he looks in comparison to how Justin and their offense and, and Zach Wilson and their offense mm. look. And, and I think a lot of us, again, me, is very much so paying attention to it and seeing if I could do my job better when it comes to that conversation and question, because it's vastly different. Absolutely. And, and you know, we throw these kids out there, and some of them are ready, and some of them are not. And if you put the kids who aren't ready out, to say they're not ready to play right now is not a criticism. We should not view that right. as criticizing I think the, I think them. the point, Greeny, is it's not necessarily they're ready. Is it is all the necessary variables around them. Also. Are they ready sure. more so than the kid is ready? Because Bryce Young's already hurt, and Anthony Richardson's already concussed, and Zach Wilson's been ruined, and Sam Darnold was ruined, and Justin Fields has been ruined, and half the, half the really talented kids in the league get ruined before they even get started. All right, Kmart, Danny, thank you both so much. We'll see Danny uh, this weekend. You'll be in London, right? I go tonight. I leave uh, out of JFK at about 6.30 to London tomorrow morning, and... We call Sunday morning here first one of the season. So it's I'm pretty fired up for that. Atlanta, Jacksonville, kind of must wins for both. And Trevor and Calvin Ridley and Bijan Robinson. So uh, obviously very excited. But for first we're going to spar on first take a little bit. ESPN and plus. then you can go to London. Are you going to be okay yeah. with that? I'm, I'm ready. Do you need to hydrate? No, I'm good. Band-Aids? No, I'm good. All right. Just I'm don't not give Damon her, Woody. Don't give, whatever you do, don't give her a mallet because <laughs> we've seen she's dangerous <laughs> with those. A Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next, one stat that might prove every team in the NFL has one big thing wrong. That's right after this on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Mark Cuban will be in our studio at the top of the next hour. Really looking forward to that. About 45 minutes or so from now, Mark will be here, one of the most interesting people in sports, so we will dive into a lot of stuff when he is here. Big NBA day, of course, yesterday with the Lillard trade. We'll get into that. A reminder, you can follow us all on social media. Mine is at ESPN Greeny. ESPN Greeny with a Y on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Bubba and Cam in Bristol. Hembo is here. Hembo, you live for numbers, right? I do. That is your life. 100% of it. Data is the most important thing for you. Well, our mutual friend, Mr. Palantonio, sent me an email this morning. And in it, he wrote, How sad is it that every NFL team spent this offseason downplaying the importance of the running game, refusing to pay running backs, acting like running backs don't matter? But I point out for you, this is Sal talking to me, the top three rushing teams in the NFL right now are, in this order, Miami, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. Is it any coincidence that those are the only three unbeatens that remain in the NFL? It was an interesting point. What do you think of it's, it? It's not a coincidence. Miami, parenthetically, is also the number one passing team <laughs> right. in the NFL. They're the number one everything team in the NFL. I think Sal is half right here. I think at, um, on balance, at large, if you will, we have devalued the run game too much. But the NFL owners, general managers, decision makers in the NFL have properly valued the running back. See, those are two different things. The, the running back themselves, the individual, that matters a lot less than the run game, your scheme, your blocking, your play design. Those things are different things that we can talk about here. Because I looked up the top three teams this year by running back spending. The Raiders, the Titans, and the Giants. They're all three in the bottom 10 in rushing. None of those teams have good offenses that are any good. San Francisco has uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? They have a feature back. But Philly ranks 17th in running back spending and Miami ranks 20th. 
So I understand what Sal is saying. The importance of the running game is very legitimate. It raises the floor of your offense and by virtue of time of possession, it raises the floor of your defense. So I would say running game matters a whole lot. The running back, eh, not so much. That's an interesting point. And so what you're saying is that those guys can get on as many Zoom calls as they want to, but Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and all of them learned the lesson that it is going to continue to exist, which is they're not going to pay for it, and it doesn't really matter. McCaffrey may be uniquely gifted because his he really shouldn't be just considered a running back. He is a playmaker in a variety of ways. Um, when you try and build around your running back and try and win around that guy, a la Derrick Henry, it hasn't really cashed in in a long time. And there's also the enormous threat of injury at all times, as the Giants have learned again and again with Saquon. The Eagles are the example here. DeAndre Swift has run for 300 yards the last two weeks. The Eagles traded for DeAndre Swift uh, during the draft for a seventh-round pick swap and a 2025 fourth-round pick. Why is he being so effective? Well, because they have five battering rams along their offensive line. They have a quarterback that can run, and a scheme and an offense that generates a lot of uh, rush yards, before, regardless of uh, who the running back is. That's why Miles Sanders, the Eagles running back last year, isn't doing much of anything in Carolina. The run game is greater than the running back. All right, it's an interesting thought. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. You can also watch our show on the ESPN app. Click on Watch. Look for hashtag Greeny. And enjoy. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. I like this question. So if there's one thing the four of us, the hashtag crew, have in common, it is that we are all avid fans of our teams. There are a lot of people who have gotten into sports these days because they are increasingly interested in numbers, like Hembo is as well, analytics. There are people who are into it for gambling. There are people who are into it for fantasy. There are people who are into it because Taylor Swift is sitting in a, in a, in a skybox. But most of us, and I assume if you were listening to the show, this applies to you, you're into this because you care about your teams, whatever your team may be. And so I'm always fascinated by the question, could you ever give up your fandom of your team? I've moved around the country a little bit. I, I moved from New York to Chicago and then back to the New York area. and down. So I've been around, and just having been at ESPN, I've met a million people, and if there is from all over the country as sports fans, And if there's one thing I have found to be universal, it is that you never really, you never lose that identification. So you could live, as I did in New York, move to Chicago. I lived there for 11 years. I covered the teams. I loved the teams. I covered Michael Jordan. I covered Mike Ditka. I loved all of that. But I never lost my association with the team I grew up rooting for, and it is evident now to anyone who listens to me and it remains an obsession so I thought it was interesting and this got some play all over social media a 40 year old man wrote a passionate somewhat reasoned nostalgic emotional goodbye letter to the only team he's ever loved and that team is the Raiders he basically just said for lack of a better word he can't take it anymore They're so dysfunctional, they're so inept, they're so incompetent, they've been so bad for so long and just get worse and don't show any signs of getting it and moving around Oakland, then L.A., then back to Oakland, now to Vegas, that he's giving up, he's saying goodbye to his team. And the question I ask is, could you ever see that happening to you? Are there any circumstances, Bubba, I'll start with you, where you would abandon the teams you root for, and let's let's run down the list. If 
you're a Cowboy fan, you're a Met fan, and you're a Duke basketball fan. Rank those for me in order of the importance to you in your life, your passion, your heart. Yeah, I would say Mets won. Mets won. So that's, that's perfect. Let's start there. Yeah. Because the Mets have had some really big lows sure you're not old enough to remember 86 right I'm, no I'm, no i was lo- born but i was not okay yeah so that yeah. so you don't remember them winning the world series sure you remember them playing in two world series right Yep, i went to both of them yeah okay and and did, didn't we send you to one of them did we send you to the no we sent you to the playoff game last year but whatever yeah we sent you to a, a Cowboys playoff game too, a hundred years ago. But then, anyway, yeah, I went to the you sent me to the NLC, NLCS against the Cubs because that was like with Seth and uh, Nick. Oh, that's Nick, right, yeah. that's right. We had we had Cubs fans and we had Met I, fans Ray, yeah. on our staff, and and you guys went head to head, and the Mets won that series, and you smashed them in the face with a pie. Yep, right. That was fun. <laughs> yep. Anyway, we're, we're very mature. Anyway, the point is, could anything? You, but you so for all of the highs you've seen, you've right. seen a lot of lows, sure. brutal lows. In fact, this year's got to be one of the lowest of the lows. Sure. And you had players on your own team calling out the fans as recently as a year ago, right? Flipping off the fans and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Are there, could anything happen in your life, if you lived to be 100, where you would give up your fandom of your team? I, I don't think so. And yeah, I mean, I've read through his whole letter multiple times, and I certainly understand where he's coming from. And I think from a Mets and Cowboys perspective, I, I haven't been exactly where he is, where it's just been... 20 straight years ish of bad but from the other perspective both of the Mets and Cowboys kind of like you're saying they've had some brutal ends of the seasons if anything that's kind of what their both teams have been known for where like I'll have a fun season and then it's just tragedy at the end of the year Cowboys end of the year terrible Mets end of the year collapse and I just and I just keep coming back and and to me like that's what we talked about last year you know when they're the wild card like to me that's what being the fan is because it's going to make it all the better when the team gets there eventually and I just couldn't imagine just giving up on the team and and honestly if you're if you're looking at his Twitter I'd say 90% of the people tweeting are like Come on, man! Don't give up. Keep going. Keep come on. Stay with us. Stay with us. Some people, are, you know, are saying, "I understand you got to go," but most fans, I think, are, are are agreeing with me and saying, "No, you just you just got to be with it, no matter how tough it is." That's being what a, that's what a fan is, and I I just can't imagine not being a, a Mets or Cowboys fan, no matter how brutal it is. And there have been some brutal brutal losses for the Mets and Cowboys, but I just couldn't imagine just being like, "All right, I'm done." I just couldn't do that. Let me read you the fi- the final paragraph of his goodbye letter. He writes, he, he lists and documents all of the ridiculously re- stupid and bad things they've done. And he writes, not only has this taken my time and money, but it has also taken my mental health. Having a team who you've rooted for your whole life reward you with absolutely nothing but heartache is not something I want to keep doing. It took me way too long to realize this, but better late than never. Goodbye for now, Raiders. Maybe one day you will get back to that once proud franchise, but until then, I won't be wasting my time. Cam, could you ever give up on your team? I don't think so, and I think I have a different perspective because I am a lot younger. The Phillies and Eagles have gone through quite a bit of of toiling over the last 15, 20 years that I've been a fan of them, but they've also had a lot of success. I don't have quite the same perspective as like a Raiders fan, a Lions fan, a Browns fan, so I do get it. The thing I don't love about this is that he says goodbye for now. Yeah. Like... You're either in or you're out. You know, the Raiders are like top two, top three in the NFL of teams that have gone through just ridiculously unfortunate, bad playoff losses, missed playoffs for years and years and years. 
but you can't just come back when they're good. Then you're not really rewarded as much for when you were there. Like, he was there for 20 years when they were bad. If they're bad for another 5, 10 years, and then he comes back when they're suddenly a playoff team, I don't think that kind of works the same way. Like, you're either in as a fan or you're out as a fan, and I don't love the fact that he's just like, I'll come back if you're good again, but I'm out for now. Hambo. The only reason I would ever stop rooting for a team or give up on a team is if they moved. I would never in a million years yeah. stop rooting for again, in my case, a Philly team because of performance. Because my favorite sport is baseball. My favorite team is the Phillies. And they went 10 straight years without making the playoffs. And that's what made last year all the more miraculous and meaningful and special. But if you're a Raiders fan and you want to stop rooting for the team because they moved, to me that is absolutely fair game. Because one of the things that makes being a sports fan so special is the community aspect of it. And when you're living in a local market and all your friends are watching the games and rooting for the same teams and it's part of your daily discourse and it's part of the, you know, the ebbs and flows, the, the sports talk radio culture and, and all the rest of it, that's something that is special. But once that team leaves that city, you lose so much of that charm. And so that would be the one excuse, I think, to stop rooting for a team. Agreed. Here's what I would say. If you could give up your team under any circumstances, then it is my opinion that they don't matter to you as much as I believe my teams matter to me. There are no circumstances under which I could give them up. Practically none, if not absolutely none. To further Cam's point, to say goodbye for now, I'll jump back on the bandwagon when we start winning, is the definition of being a fair-weather fan. You're either a fan or you're not. There are lots of things you can do as a fan. You can boo to your until your lungs wear out. You can com- flat refuse to spend any money on the team, which a lot of people do. I'm not going to pay for tickets. I'm not going to buy the merch. I'm not going to support the team financially in any conceivable way. But what you, you cannot stop rooting for your team. What, what, is the, what is the old expression? If, if you love something, let it go. And if it doesn't come back, then it wasn't really yours to begin with. If you can let go of your team, you didn't love it to begin with. No way. I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that people are, oh, no, don't leave. Don't like, get the hell out. You know, a lot of Jet fans have gotten mad at me over the last few years because I've been hard on the team. I think that's my job as a fan. Hold their feet to the fire. They've made so many mistakes, it's impossible to document them all. But that, at, at no time, at zero point, would I ever consider not being a fan of the team. And I can't believe anybody can, and I can't believe anyone can tolerate the idea that you could. If you could give it up, then it didn't mean as much to you as I thought it did in the first place. Let's put it that way. Being a fan of these teams is like sort of interesting. By the way, just to finish, my team did move. I know it wasn't that far. They didn't move to Florida or to, you know, to Oklahoma City for crying out about that in the world that is. But 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 they moved from Queens to New Jersey into a stadium that was named for another NFL team. The Jets played in Giant Stadium for a long time. I mean, that whatever. And I mean, I still went and I still cared and I still rooted for them. Obviously, it's not what they do now, but it is what it is. It's not about the stadium. It's not about the location. It's not about who comes and who goes. It's not about who owns it. It's not about who plays for it. It's about your attachment to it. It is about your attachment to the people that you grew up with caring about it. It is about all those Sundays that I spent in my apartment, the apartment I grew up in in New York City, when my mother would go out to a, a, a deli in the morning and bring back all this stuff, a tomato, I mean, um, 
uh, tuna salad, a chicken salad, and corned beef, whatever it is, put it out on the table, and it sits there all day long, and then we all sit there all day, and we watch the football, and you watch the team, and we all eat together, and we win together, we lose together. We did a hell of a lot more losing than we did winning, but that's what it's about. It's not about them. It's about you. It's not about the Raiders being bad. It's about you loving them in the first place, so it's one thing to say, I'm not going to the games. I'm, I'm not supporting them with my money anymore. I'm all in favor of that. Call the talk shows, rip them to shreds, cheer on the talk show hosts who actually have the guts to say, this team can't get out of their own way. They're stupid and they need to get different people in there. That's actually, in theory, that could be helping much more than it's hurting. But if you could give it up, if you could just say, okay, then who are... Who am I if that's not who I am? That's a part of who I am. That is a part of my being. It is a part of my reason for being, not just professionally. That's, that's, the, the team you root for is a large part of who you are. Yeah, it's, a, it's like an intrinsic, like your heritage, your, your religion, you your give ethos. You up any other it's, way. It's like part, it is part of your identity. Religion is an interesting one because some people do uh, convert, right, their religion. And, and, and but what I have to believe and, and I'm, this is, or we're getting into an area you probably shouldn't get into, but you probably wouldn't if, you're, if your faith was that important to you to begin with. Like, you were a very religious person. I'm not. So if, if I, I don't know, if I were marrying a woman and it was incredibly important to her that I converted, I guess I would consider it. I don't know. You wouldn't because that's a huge part of your identity and who you are. And that's what I mean. If the team is that important to you, you wouldn't convert in the first place. Right. I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm a Philly fan. Right. I mean, it's, it's in that Those order. are equally important to you. <laughs> it's 1A and 1B. Right. Or 1B and 1A, depending on what day of the week it is. All right. Well, but that's my point, is you couldn't... Um, you, divorce is not the right word. You, you, you couldn't rid yourself... No. That's not the right word either. Of, of the ...of the Phillies any more than you could the Christianity. It's a part of who you are. Right. It's a part of who you are, independent of the results. Right. Like, if, it's part of your soul. Like my soul is that's you might you say whatever you want about that. I believe that's true of you too. You're listening to this show. I believe it's true of you too. I, I'm, I'm going to give you much more than gambling tips. I'm going to give you much more than injury reports. I'm going to give you much more than weather reports. I'm going to give you much more than bad picks. We're going to talk about our passion for our team. That's what we're doing here. Bubba, are you telling me the phones have exploded on this? Yeah, people were call- unprompted. People were just calling okay. me and left and Let's right. Let's just do so. that. The number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 We'll take a short break. We'll come back, and we'll ask you this question. If you could give up your passion for your team, does it mean you never cared about it enough to begin with? That's the question. The answer's next from you on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. That's a good job by Kim. Every now and again, it hits one out of the park. That is a very good song choice. Uh, inviting you to be a part of Greeny Nation. Dr. Pepper call in line right now. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. We were just reading about this 40-year-old Raider fan who just couldn't take it anymore and decided he was giving up his fandom of the team and let them know that in a passionate, emotional letter. And I said, that candidly to me is fraudulent. If you could give up your passion for your team, then it didn't mean as much to you as... I would think it should in the first place. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just means it didn't mean nearly as much to you as mine does to me and many other people's do to them. Let's find out if folks agree. Cam, who's first up? Matt in Missouri. Matt, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Matt, go. Oh, could you ever give up fandom of your team? No. And I will never give up a fandom of Greeny Nation. That's for one. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is my wife. Okay, she's from Boston. Uh, absolutely loved New England Patriots. They were horrible in the 80s and 90s, Mm -hmm. right? So if you give up on them, what's going to happen? You never know. They might become a dynasty. They might get the goat. And then where are you going to be at? It's kind of like a man card thing, you know? You get your man card taken away because you do stupid things right as a man. Well, as a fan, you need to get your fan card pulled away if you ever, ever stop loving your fans, your uh, team. I think that's right. That's a good call. Thank you for making it, Matt. And he, I think that's right. If you give it up, then you have no right to reclaim it if it comes back. If all of a sudden, if you are that guy, I keep waiting. Like I grew up with a team that I didn't see them make the playoffs till I was in high school. And and I never gave up. Like we we went to every game. My dad and I. We sat there all damn game long, no matter how cold it was, no matter how much we were losing. It didn't make any difference. And yes, I, you made fun of me for it yesterday. But we referred in my house to our team as we us. We never went in Buffalo, or we're going to get killed this week. And I, we did. I'm unapologetically, and I make no apology for it now. I get it. I don't work for them, but so what. I mean, most of them don't work for them that long either. I've been with them for 55 years when they were coaching here and playing there. I remember having this argument one time with Herman, my beloved friend, Herman Edwards, who I, I love and admire like crazy. But when he was coaching the Jets one time, we're getting into an argument. And he said, Greeny, sometimes you act like this means more to you than it does to me. And I said, no, Herman, I get it. It's your job. It's your career. Your life is much more on the line based upon how this goes than it is for me. But it's worth pointing out that when you were playing for Philadelphia and then when you were coaching in Tampa and then when you were coaching in Kansas City, I was sitting in the same seat. I was rooting for this team. And if you go coach somewhere else next, I'm still going to be here. So it's more important to you this minute, but it isn't going to be for the rest of your life like it is for me. And I think that was a a reasonably good point I made there. I agree. And it's a a lifelong investment. There are very few players or coaches or anything that stay – 
for the same team, but you wind up always rooting for the same team. It's about us. It's not about them. Especially now, because players almost never play their whole careers in one place anymore like they used to when I was growing up. Uh, Cam, who's next? Brian in Illinois. All right, Brian, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Go. Could you ever give up your fandom of your team? I, I'm, I'm, I'm damn close, Greeny, because the Bears have done nothing but disappoint me. I was born in 83. I don't remember the Super Bowl shuffle. They've done nothing. So I look at it as the McCaskies don't deserve my fandom. Until they sell the team, I, I, I'm almost out. This is terrible. So Sky Point, Papa Bear, Virginia, sorry, until you sell the team, I think I'm done. See, here's what I would say back to you, Brian. I appreciate it. You certainly are. are it, it is a, a fully um, understandable frustration that you feel. It's been just awful. I would say that you are old enough to have seen them play in a Super Bowl. It wasn't that long ago, albeit with Rex Grossman at quarterback. But if you were born in time to have almost seen the Super Bowl shuffle, you certainly remember that. They've done some winning. And I will say there are ways of not supporting your team that do not involve giving up your fandom completely. And that, to me, is the difference. Like, I can't imagine. What would I do with my life if I didn't watch the game on Sunday? I don't even know what to do. I, I wouldn't even know what I would do with myself. Like, if you said to me, you can't watch the games, what would I do? Like, what do I do if I don't do that? That's all I've ever done on Sundays. If someone said to me, let's go to a Broadway, I'm not going, what are you talking about? Like, remember Stace made me go to a matinee that day when the Jets were flying out to meet with Rogers? I do. It was all I could do to do that. It, it, was, it was horrific. That wasn't a game. She would never get tickets to something on, a, on an NFL Sunday we won't get tickets to things on playoff weekends just in case the Jets are in it then. And how stupid do we look most of the time? They haven't been in the playoffs since 2010. But I'm still not, I can't take a chance on missing that. I just don't get it. How could you possibly run the risk of missing that? Well, that's it. Like, you have to invest as a fan into the hope of it all. And no, like, in, in the Bears case, he just used the Bears as an example. It will make the payoff in the end so much more rewarding. Like, that's, that's the... That's the thing here. Like, I'll use that example again that I just did, that I did previously with my, ba- with my baseball team, having not made the playoffs in 10 straight years. I was at Citizens Bank Park practically crying in the National League Division Series last year because I felt something I hadn't felt in forever. Like, that moment was worth those 10 years. The Bears will have a good day again. You just got to hang on because if you give up and then they get good again, you'll regret it way, way more. There is also something, the, the initial guy who gave up his fandom refers to it being bad for his mental health and far be it for me to comment on how anyone's mental health is impacted by things for me i think it's been good for my mental health i wrote in a book once rooting for your team is healthy because there's nothing in the world better than investing everything into something that means nothing at the end of the day how the jets do has no impact on my actual life. It doesn't impact how much money I make. It doesn't impact how healthy my kids are. It doesn't impact uh, any of the things that are really important in life. And yet somehow it's as important as any of them. And I think that's healthy. Again, if, if it actually starts impacting your mental health in, a, in, a, in an adverse way, who am I to tell you that you don't feel that way? But in my case, and I think in the case of most people I know, the opposite is true. And most of the people in my life uh, with whom I'm close, I share this love with. Like, it's just a mutual thing. I mean, if you're, a, if you're a huge fan of music or theater or whatever the case may be, I'm guessing a lot of people in your cir- circle share that passion. In my life, this is 
everything. It's like part of the foundation. If, like, if I were to like list out the things in my life for which I would say they are pillars, this is easily one of them because not only is it such an important thing that I enjoy, but my entire community, my entire um, friend group, my, my circle of, like all, the, all, that, all those people, all, the, all those things is sort of centered in some ways on sports and our mutual love of sports. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. The guy who didn't invite you to his wedding and you were so hurt that you sent him a gift. Mm, Nick. Just yeah. as, a, as, a, as a, a very passive aggressive response. Mm-hmm. Does he root for the Phillies? Yes, he's a devout fan. Believe and, it or not. and so you and he ha- share that? We do. Do you still chat about the Phillies now? We still chat about the Phillies. We do not chat about his marriage. <laughs> At all. You, you were that or put his off grilling. by it. Yeah. yeah. I was that put off by it. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it. I, there are, if I were to make a list of things that are more important to me in my life than that, there's like five, if that, and like four of them are people. <laughs> <laughs> right. You no, know. I, I, I've had more conversations about my favorite sports teams with my friends than anything else combined. I don't know what that says about me exactly, but that's the case. Oh, easily. 100% the case. So I, I will sum it up by saying it is my bl- – I'm not going to call this guy a fraud because, like, everyone has a right to feel the way they feel. I, I don't like it when people tell other people how to be a fan. But I will say if you could even fathom – what I, I want to know is this guy, his name is James. I don't know anything else about him. Check back with us in a year – and let us know, were you really able to let it go? Like, did you still watch the games? Did you still try and find out what happened in the games? If they won, did you got to try and get highlights? Are you looking at whatever other things you might be able to get? Could you really just get it completely out of your system cold turkey? Like these people who say, my fandom is up for sale. Oh, come on. Do you think it's fair game if he lives in Oakland? It, it's fairer. It, 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 is, it is more easy to understand. He's, they've left there twice. All right, Mark Cuban in our studio next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.